How I Got Here, the inside stories of startups and innovation in travel and transportation with your hosts, FocusWire's Kevin May and Mozio's David Litwack. and travel innovation, Mozio and Focus Wire's weekly podcast on travel and transportation startups and innovators. Today, we're happy to have Philippe Shurek on the podcast with us. Philippe joined Amadeus as one of the founders in 1987, where he was executive vice president of commercial and where he led the worldwide implementation of Amadeus Technologies' commercial strategy. Prior to that, he served as the senior vice president of corporate strategy, responsible for driving and coordinating the company's business development, marketing, technical architecture, and product plan. Philippe is currently president of American Express Global Business Travel, or GBT, and is responsible for GBT's customer-facing organizations, including sales and client management. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Philippe. You're welcome. So we wanted to have you on this podcast for a couple of reasons. For one, because you are a founder of one of the well mo- uh, most well-known GDSs in the world, um, all- but also because your next chapter is as president of Amex GBT, so we're looking forward to hearing about both. But... Do you want to start with a brief summary of your time founding Amadeus? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a long story. I mean, it's a, it's a 30 years ago, 32 years story. And uh, when we talk about startups, uh, Amadeus was not a real startup in a sense that even if you were a dozen of people, uh, it was when Lufthansa and Air France uh, decided to put their, their IT, commercial IT together for different reasons. First, they had uh, systems which were from the 60s. Uh, Second is that in 87, the only US airlines flying to Europe were TWA and Panam, and uh, American Airlines had decided to fly to Europe, and and they had uh, American Airlines, uh, led by Bob Condell, uh, they had a system called Sabre, and at that time, the travel agencies in Europe were using what we call the national system. So, uh, the French travel agents using Air France system and the, the German travel agents using Lufthansa system, etc. So they, they decided to, uh, to put together their, their resources uh, to develop both a distribution system and the system for their uh, airline distribution in their own offices. And uh, at that time, uh, we did uh, work with uh, IBM as an integrator it was, I think, the, big, the first big integration of IBM. And uh, we did buy some uh, uh, US uh, GDS at that time was called System One, which was owned by Eastern Airlines and Continental. And it took us five years, uh, to make a long story short, to, uh, to do everything. So to adapt the system to the different markets, uh, to build a computer center in Germany, uh, to build a TPF development center in Nice, uh, the headquarter in Madrid. Uh, at that time, SAS and uh, Iberia joined us as well. And these four airlines have been shareholders until, uh, uh, until SAS dropped out. And in 1995, uh, to have a, a window to the U.S. market, uh, when the first PNR was created in 92, uh, in 1995, Amadeus, we decided to buy System 1 and which brought us around 10% of market share in the U.S. And then in 99, uh, uh, we went for the first IPO. Now, what is important to understand is that 
one success of Amadeus compared to uh, Galileo at that time and then Travelport and even Sabre is that the, the shareholders of Amadeus, the, the airlines I spoke about, they always agreed and decided to use the technology of Amadeus in their own offices, in, uh, the technology of Amadeus in their own offices. So there was no competition, if you want, between the system of the airlines and the travel agency systems on Amadeus. Then, uh, because already, I mean, internet, I mean, believe it or not, but there was no mobile phone and there was no internet. And internet came in the, at the end of the 90s. And of course, we had the first uh, uh, discussions around uh, who will replace the GDS. The GDS are dinosaurs. Uh, internet will uh, help the direct distribution of the airlines. But of course, uh, we did run a, a different strategy. We did integrate internet. Uh, we bought a company called eTravel from Oracle. Uh, and we decided to go deeper in the verticalization of the products. So we developed airline IT. We uh, answered the RFP of Qantas and BA for their inventory and departure control systems in the airport. And then Amadeus has been investing in the following 10 years on uh, uh, airline IT. And then Amadeus is not only a GDS, but it as well an airline IT system, which is definitely the number one in the world. I mean, more than 150 airlines are hosted in Amadeus. Uh, they bought Navitaire lately, which uh, is even more. And uh, uh, then uh, it became private in 2005, a new IPO in 2010. And since then, uh, as successful as Amadeus is in both in GDS and airline IT, uh, they have decided as well to invest in hotel IT. So they bought TravelClick, they bought Two Market. Uh, they just integrated the CRS and the reservation systems of the IHG, you know, Intercontinental Holiday Inn, etc. So that's quickly uh, and briefly the story of Amadeus. <laughs> and uh, I do believe that the success is because uh, first there was no, I would say, competition between the airlines and, and, and the travel agency tools for distribution, they were the same. Second is that uh, the decision in, at the end of the 90s to go to the uh, e-commerce inventory departure control and have a, a more vertical offer has been definitely uh, uh, one of the reasons of the success of values compared to their competitors. And, and if we see it today, uh, I don't know if we'll talk about NDC and all of this, but uh, a lot of airlines would like to go direct, but let's face it, they, most of them are hosted in Amadeus or in Sabre, and uh, to connect to Amadeus or Sabre as a GDS, or to connect to Amadeus as a hosted system for these airlines, it's not a big change. So... Uh, I think Amadeus cover uh, the different segments of the distribution and the IT for the, for the commercial industry. And that's what I believe they are, they are very successful. So, uh, Philip, hi, thanks ever so much for joining us. I mean, it's been a, quite an astonishing three decades plus for Amadeus. I mean, just take us back, if you can, to those very early days. I mean, uh, uh, a kind of a conversation that has come up on these podcasts when startups, for example, are setting out is the, um, 
you know, how do you, how many engineers do you recruit? How do many salespeople do you recruit? Can you, can you recall back in those early days of Amadeus, how was, was it a mostly, would you say an IT function or was it a, a logistics function? I mean, how did you go about setting up the company? Yeah, I, I, I think, well, the technology was not what it is today in a sense that, um, we were, I mean, we had to recruit, I think in the first two years, we had to recruit around 150 engineers, mainly TPF, which is the, the old uh, mainframe technology which was used at that time. And, and we had uh, as well to build a, a, a huge computer center together with IBM in Germany. But I, I think you said it is that the main uh, focus of Amadeus in the, la in the first three to five years was really uh, a technology focus in a sense that Amadeus had the chance to have the airlines financing it in the background and, and not pushing Amadeus to be successful in terms of revenues. If Amadeus had to, uh, had to generate revenues to uh, compensate uh, the money we were spending to recruit the people, build the team, design the system, uh, build the computer center, uh, build the development center in, uh, in, in the south of France, where now there are close to 5,000 engineers, Amedos will not have survived uh, uh, more than, than two years. And, and the company has been more or less uh, uh, working on investing uh, from mid-87 to, uh, let's say, the first real booking, which has generated revenues, has been created the, the, the 7th of January, 92. So, and, 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 and I think it's a good lesson for, for what you call the startups, because uh, I see a lot of companies around uh, who are raising money, and uh, it's not, I mean, it takes time when you want to build a, a, a big infrastructure with technology. And sometimes uh, startups are trying to sell themselves. I'm, I'm talking about commercially uh, because, of course, they don't have maybe the, the money and the financial support to do otherwise. But, but there is a contradiction between building a, a, very, a big infrastructure, solid infrastructure, and a big value proposition and generate money uh, from the beginning. It's interesting that you say about you know, you know there was less as a less of, less of an emphasis on making money. Do you sense as you know the, the the founding executive team that that took a bit of pressure off of you, not having that kind of um, requirement, if if I can call it that, that you could just get on and build this amazing technology and start yeah. the relationships rather than having to think that you had some, you know, in, in I guess in the modern startup world, big venture capital uh, overlords to answer to? Yeah. No, I, I, I think I think you have been lucky that the airlines uh, uh, had a, a big problem in front of them, which was uh, what will be my future technology and I will not be able to compete with the saber-like uh, uh, with the technology I have today. And the globalization uh, was putting in front of them the, the necessary investment. It did not relieve completely the pressure. It did relieve it part, partly, but partially, but 
I remember, for example, in the middle of the five years where uh, some airlines were pushing uh, to merge with Sabre or we, we had even in 91 or at the end of the 90s, uh, at the beginning of the 90s, we had, uh, we went very far to merge with Sabre because the airlines were financing Amadeus who are not sure they will go until the end. Uh, SAS, which was one of, of the four shareholders who became, came in uh, financial difficulties, uh, uh, after three years, they dropped the ball and, and, and the company was divided between the three others. Uh, and, and I remember even some discussions, it was a long time ago, before we created the first booking, when some airlines were trying EDS at that time, which is now HP, but EDS went to the airlines to propose to buy uh, uh, what was at that time Amadeus. Uh, saying that they will complete the work and they will make their investment themselves. So uh, it is relieving some pressure when you have the trust of your shareholders, but it doesn't mean that the shareholders are not always investigating or looking for solutions which will prevent them to spend more. So I wanted to dive a little deeper into something you mentioned. I, first of all, great history there. Uh, you said you guys expanded into airline IT and you mentioned Navitair and it reminded me of a conversation Kevin and I had with uh, Aaron at Silver Rail about how their original focus was uh, distribution and being a GDS for rail, but they often found actually the, uh, more interest in uh, basically rail IT, helping them build their local systems. Uh, I was wondering if you could maybe go in a little bit more depth about um, what, how the airline IT business helps Amadeus from a strategic standpoint and how you guys decided to get into it. Yeah. So it, it, it's, several, um, it's several levels. The first level is that when you look at the distribution layer, I mean, I will not go in detail, but a PNR is a PNR, a passenger name record is a passenger name record. And if you create it on an airline.com or if you create it on the screen of a travel agent or if you create it on an online booking tool that, on, 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 on to issue the tickets, etc., uh, the, the, the process, I would say the distribution layer is the same. Okay? So it, it was not very difficult to make the airlines to use uh, a travel agency system in their own offices because... Uh, they were depending on their on their uh, national systems or their uh, private systems, and there was clearly a synergy between the two. The reason I believe it was a, a, a good strategy to go deeper and, and to be more vertical is that uh, now I don't know the share is public figures in Amadeus, but uh, half half. I mean, a large part of their business is airline IT, and they are paid by passenger boarded. And whatever the distribution vehicle is, through travel agent direct or whatever, Amadeus will re always receive the fee for passenger boarded, including the checking, including the inventory management, uh, including the, 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 the dot com or the, the, the booking on the, on the e-commerce. And it makes, I don't want to say that it makes Amadeus immune from whatever, wherever the distribution will come from, but Look, look at Travelport. Travelport doesn't have any airline hosted. And I don't believe that Travelport uh, uh, is in the same shape uh, than uh, Sabre and Amadeus. Sabre is in the middle because they have two systems, one from airlines hosted on the GDS. So they don't have maybe the synergies 
data meadows has and meadows has more uh, passenger border than more uh, gds market share but i do believe that uh, if the carriers want to distribute direct they still need an inventory they still need a checking system they still need an e-commerce platform and Amedus is providing, I mean, there is a right pocket, which is a GDS, and a left pocket, which is the IT delivery. And, and there is a lot in common in the technology that you have delivered, so a lot of synergies. So that, that, that the, when, you, when you have invested a ton of money on, on low fare search, you can, you can change the content behind the low fare search if you're on an airline.com or in a travel agent, but, but the, 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 the infrastructure... The, the architecture of the products are exactly the same. So I, I want to quickly follow up there. And just for our listeners, when we say airline IT, we're basically referring to the, the booking engine on, you know, uh, on Lufthansa.com versus, you know, GDS and distribution is, you know, potentially booking theory. It's more, yeah. yeah, sorry. It's more than that. It's as well the inventory, but it's as well the departure control. So everything that you have to do at the checking at the airport, the issuing of the boarding pass, the, the seat map, the allocation of seats. I mean, it, it's really everything from the booking, wherever the channel of the booking is made, up to the issuance of the boarding pass. They have even invested in flight management, you know, load balancing, how much fuel, how many passengers, what the wage, the weight, etc. So uh, uh, they are really uh, from A to Z in, in the commercial processing of the different functions of an airline. And as I said, I've invested the same in the hotel uh, industry as well, because you don't manage uh, a hotel and the rooms and the bookings, etc., the same way that you do it with a plane. But you have the infrastructure, and and you have a large part of the technology to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I want to clarify one thing and maybe delve a little deeper. You said that one of the biggest advantages was that travel agents and the airlines use the same system. And I think that's kind of what is what you're saying that the other GDSs basically had separate systems. And the fact that you had the same system allowed you to very easily incorporate airline IT with the same infrastructure and make it all on one platform. Is, is, am I interpreting that correctly? And basically, you guys no, you have do. a better start. You do. You, you do, and there is a lot of synergies. So, uh, Amadeus, we even invented the concept of the unique PNR. So, if you make a, a booking on a travel agency which is using Amadeus, and, and there is a Lufthansa or an Air France segment, uh, uh, there is not two PNRs. So, if, if you go to an airline desk and you make a change, the, the, the PNR of the travel agency is updated automatically because there is only one. So the, 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 the infrastructure is the same. The, the, the low fare search is the same, except, as I said, that the revenue management gives you maybe a different response because Air France will not sell Lufthansa and vice versa on travel agents. They need both on the screen. But the, the, the infrastructure and the products are the same, yes. So given the... Um, the the way Amadeo started and you know it was created by the airlines how how did those relationships with the airlines given that they were kind of owners of the system how did the relationship with those airlines develop over time because you know from being a almost a project that was required to them being a partner how did they how did they evolve 
No, I mean, they, 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 did, they were evolving very well because the definition of the needs uh, were uh, really what the airlines were asking to, to be done. Uh, and, and they did go very well. I mean, uh, you should ask Air France or Lufthansa or Iberia how many people <laughs> they got out of Amadeus because they're not shareholders anymore. But it did evolve very well until the day where uh, they realized that now uh, Amadeus is a, is a necessary, par a mandatory partner, which is, uh, they pretend cost them a lot. I mean, I'm sure you heard about all this story about direct connect, direct distribution, booking fee, etc. But it's true that uh, uh, they have created and they have put in the same entity uh, after 30 years, uh, they have created an entity that they depend 100% for both their distribution and their commercial IT. And uh, there have been, uh, in the last 10 years, some, some companies uh, who have been trying to, uh, with new technology, uh, to try to develop some models, like, uh, I don't know if you remember a company called uh, G G2 Switchworks. Yeah. Uh, which was pretending to be called itself a genie, a, a GDS new entrant, yep. uh, ITA software, which was bought by uh, uh, Google uh, for low fare search. And now you had Fairlogix who was saying, you can go through me and go direct. And it was bought by Sabre. So let's face it, except the, three, the two major US airlines, United and, uh, and Delta, who have their own uh, platform, except Emirates, who has its own platform as well, most of the other airlines, including Southwest, which is hosted in Amadeus now, they depend on these two companies. So you can imagine that they, some part of the airlines see them as a, as a partner, as an, an, an airline IT, a commercial and IT provider. Uh, some part of the airlines see them as a, as a cost or a necessary cost, but too high cost. So I, I wanted to delve a little deeper there. Um, I've you know, adjudicated a fair amount of startup pitches or sat in the room while I get I pitched the next variation on um, some pitch that goes along the lines of, you know how it's hard to connect to Amadeus as a startup? And I, well, you can just connect directly to us. And I'm always kind of like perplexed as to exactly what their angle is if uh, you guys control, you know, all the airline IT. Uh, you mentioned ITA software and Fairlogics. Um, what do you think of, you know, the new crop of people trying to do some sort of direct booking from the airlines trying to build stuff themselves all the way to other startups that somehow are trying to disintermediate Amadeus and the GDSs? Um, first, uh, when you talk about the direct booking, you have to connect to Sabre or Amadeus unless you do it with United on Delta. Because uh, if you want to make a direct booking, you have to connect to the inventory of the airline. You need the seats, you need, uh, etc. And a lot of people completely forget that, and now I'm talking on behalf of Amex or the TMC, a lot of people forget that when you're in the distribution business, the first question you get, uh, I'm talking about business travel. I'm not talking about leisure travel, and I will come to leisure travel after. But 
on business travel, people, they tell you where they want to go. They tell you how long is your trip. They tell you what is your travel policy. But they don't tell you, I want to fly Lufthansa or I want to fly uh, uh, BA. Okay? So you have to understand that there is 50, 550,000 city pairs in the world. So if you are, uh, if you are a, a, a traveler in New York and you want to go to Sydney in Australia, I can guarantee you that there are thousands of combinations. Uh, there are thousands of fares. So if you multiply them, you have billions of combinations. And the first thing that when you are a travel agent or an online booking tool provided by a travel agent, so you are in front of your mobile to get a booking, the first thing you want is what is the proposal you give me according to my request. Not always the lowest fare, but at least the best fare according to my request. And this is provided by the GDSs uh, in, in, in microseconds or milliseconds. Do you think that if a travel agent or a, a startup is willing to go to the distribution, they, they want to connect to all the airlines and they want to rebuild all of this, which uh, is asking Amadeus or Saber to have hundreds of engineers to optimize it? Do you believe that somebody can afford to build it? I don't think so. So, and... Companies like Amadeus, they moved out of TPF. They developed on open systems. They are in the cloud. They, are, uh, they have evolved with the technology. And as I say, they have more than 5,000 engineers doing that every day. So I do believe that the, even the startups who are uh, willing to go to the distribution field, uh, they will have to use the GDS unless... Uh, like uh, some leisure distributors like consolidators or online travel agencies. The question is, I want to fly uh, on this airline, how much and what is this airline proposing to me? Because if all these uh, players in the distribution, uh, they want to make the booking directly for the airline, not enter bracket to pay the booking fee, who will pay for uh, all this development on the low fare search, the best fare search, uh, all these uh, layers, which are really needed before you make your choice? So, so I, if, you, like, if you had to be one of these startups trying to disrupt Amadeus, how would you attack it? Meaning, I, I totally get everything you just said. It's this, you, uh, Amadeus has layers upon layers of, you know, and 30 years of infrastructure that's been built. Um, and what you're, the gist of what you're saying is that you know, a new startup can go integrate three or four airlines, but there's, you know, 300 airlines plus in the world. Uh, and <clears throat> they won't be able to properly satisfy that request when you give the business travel uh, use case. Um, if you were one of these, uh, if you were trying to disrupt Amadeus today, um, what angle would you take? What, where would you focus and what, what startup would you build? Um, the first thing is, if you are a global company like us or our competitors who are global, I don't believe we can uh, do it or anybody can do it with, for us because of what I said, the global offering. If I would be a startup and I will look for, uh, I mean, not need the GDS and be too, more friendly to airlines, I will become an, a niche startup. What I mean is that 
either you are not global or you are working with a restricted number of airlines in the US, for example, or, uh, or you still completely depend on the GDS or you use the GDS for everything which is air. And I will go to what is known on air. I, I do believe that the hotel area, the rail area, the ground transportation area is less uh, the core business of the GDSs than, than air. I do believe it's very difficult to be competitive in the air area, but I take an example in France, uh, you need to make some business, you know, like me, that you spoke about silver rail, but you cannot make some business in France, leisure or business travel, if you don't offer SNCF uh, or Deutsche Bahn in Germany. And today, still through the GDS, if you want to book SNCF or Deutsche Bahn, you have to call if you want to exchange or cancel the ticket. So, and I don't believe it's a big deal to develop a direct connect or, or, or platform uh, dealing one-to-one -one with SNCF or dealing one-to-one -one with Deutsche Bahn. So, uh, Mozio, uh, in the area of ground transportation, they have not been working on air, but I think they found a niche and a bracket, which is a ground transportation. I think there are some players in the hotel area who are starting to be successful. So, what I will take is that in the air area, unless you are really a niche, like a consolidator or a restricted number of airlines provider, you, you have to use the GDS. But everything which is non-air, there is still a lot of opportunities. I'd like to clarify, I did not plant that uh, shameless plug, but uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Philip, I mean, th there was uh, a term that's been not has been loosely associated with the GDSs over the years is that of gatekeeper and when you look at it through the the kind of the context of the startups they for many years found it frustrating because they couldn't get access to some of the things that would allow mindset within the GDSs to perhaps try and relinquish that gatekeeper label that they've had for a long time yeah. I, I, I do. You, you, you are right that the GDS have been too slow or very slow, let's say, uh, for example, to embrace uh, NDC and uh, to embrace what I will call the rich content uh, that the distribution channels or the airlines will like to see on the screen of the distribution channels. Um, I do believe that, uh, as you said, uh, they didn't feel the need to invest too much uh, on this because they were the gatekeepers and, and they were thinking maybe that uh, uh, because of their strengths and their, uh, everything I said before, uh, it will be difficult to go around them. Uh, but they have now embracing NDC because when, when, when Lufthansa or, or BA is saying uh, you could get something on BA.com or Lufthansa.com, uh, that you don't get if you don't develop NDC and you will not get if you are a travel agent. I mean, I'm sorry, B and Lufthansa are hosted in Amadeus, so they have the technology. The only thing is that the GDSs and especially Amadeus, I think they don't invest enough to include this new rich content in their travel agency offering. Now, I was not an, in, I have not been in Amadeus now for seven years, so 
I don't know if they did it on, on purpose because they didn't want to spend the money or they didn't see the, 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 the threat of direct distribution. But in the last 12 to 18 months, uh, I think that uh, the GDSS, especially Amadeus, has, has shown that they're willing to invest in this area and help the airlines to, uh, 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 to be uh, better distributed in the travel agency channel. So uh, I think you are right. There have been gatekeepers. I mean, when you look at their economics, especially Sabre and Amadeus, it's a, it's a very nice cash machine. Uh, did they want to resist in developing more because they thought that they will be the gatekeeper and nobody can compete with them? I think the move of Lufthansa has been bold, sometimes at the expense of Lufthansa, but at least now we are back to, uh, I would say, and I can't talk on behalf of Amex, we are working very well with Sabre and Amadeus on integrating NDC, and I hope we will... Uh, we will be able to, to show things in the, in the coming months, on the coming uh, uh, six months, will show that we are working now with some airlines and the GDSS and the TMCs to embrace everything. But it took too long, too long, I agree. Could you actually elaborate a little bit more on that Lufthansa spat and your understanding of it? I'd, I'd love to learn more. Excuse me? Yeah, sorry, the Lufthansa uh, spat. You said that Lufthansa did something very brave could you elaborate on what they did and uh, yeah, I mean, opinion on it was? Yeah, Lufthansa said a year or a year and a half ago, said if you go direct to Lufthansa.com, you will have a price X. And if you go through the GDS, you will have a price X plus 16 euros. Okay? I say it was very brave. And to try to push the, the, the distribution channels to uh, develop what they call direct. I don't think, uh, I think Lufthansa has completely underestimated that for us to develop uh, uh, this kind of technology one by one doesn't make sense because it's to recreate a GDS and it will definitely cost us far more than 16 euros per GDS. So what happens on second, I do believe that Lufthansa has underestimated that when you are in a competitive environment, uh, you are, uh, if your fare is 116 because you are through the GDS and your competitor with not surcharging is 100, a part of the, the people going indirect will book the 100, okay? So I don't know if Lufthansa lost market share. I cannot talk for them. I can talk for us. But I do believe that these 16 euros has been absorbed little by little by the revenue management in their fares and uh, it didn't change anything. And uh, they, are, they are saying it's because you have to use NDC or whatever, but never a business travel, a traveler will go to Lufthansa.com uh, because uh, it's more complicated than that. You have to integrate the travel policy, the duty of care, the mid office, the back office, the invoicing. I will not make the whole long list. But at least they have been sticking to their position and, and they are forcing uh, some of the leisure players, for example, like online travel agencies, uh, to go under their model, uh, not to pay the 16 euros, because an online travel agency is competing with Lufthansa.com. We don't. So, as I say, they are brave. They have been brave, but uh, I don't know if the model will stand for long. I mean, BA has tried, Air France has tried. 
and they I don't want to say they gave up, but you have been working close with them on the GDS to avoid it. Uh, I don't know what will be the future, but they are still the only airline uh, which is charging a surcharge if you use the GDS. Now, is it because they are very strong in Germany and have a position in Germany where uh, the German travelers will not uh, will agree to pay 16 bucks more by using a travel agent instead of looking to an airline which is not surcharging? Maybe. But if I look at the US market, where you have three fierce competitors or even five, the, the three uh, network carriers plus JetBlue and Southwest, uh, we are not talking about surcharge anymore because uh, they will be in their favor because on, on a lot of routes, you have more choice than you have out of Germany. Here's a, something to make us feel a little bit old. I actually wrote the story about the Lufthansa surcharge four years ago, almost to the day. So um, yeah. it's 2015 that was first announced by uh, Lufthansa. I wanted to change, uh, as we head into the, the, the final segment here, Philip, I just wanted to change gear a little bit. It was in the, the early 2000s that Amadeus started um, kind of diversifying, if that's the right yes. word, but it, it was investing in consumer-facing businesses, Apodo being one. I mean, what was the, the thinking behind that? Because that's a fairly big kind of, yes. I wouldn't say it's a pivot away from the core business because you still yes. have the core business, but it was a, a, an interesting move for a company that was B2B in IT. And, and I can talk a little bit about it because I was the chairman of Apodo. So, uh, but... Um, in, uh, you remember that in the U.S., uh, there was a company, I mean, after Travelocity was created and, and one of the first uh, preview travel on Travelocity, if you remember, with Terry Jones, uh, where uh, there was a first, let's say, online travel agency, uh, there was a creation of, uh, I remember the code name was T2, the Travelocity Terminator. Yeah. Which became <laughs> Orbit with Jeff Katz. I don't know if you remember. Yep. Uh, and uh, at that time, the, the US airlines, Continental, United, Delta, and American, were the shareholders of, uh, of, of, of T2, okay, of Orbit. And I do believe that it was exactly the same idea of travel agencies are costing us too much. Uh, at that time, there were still commissions for travel agents. Travel agencies are costing us too much, and we want now with internet to create an entity which will uh, uh, go direct to consumer and we will own. So we want to own our own distribution channel. And because they felt that only with their brand it was not good enough, they wanted to create an entity to do so. And when, when T2 or Orbitz happened, uh, the US, the European airlines, they said, maybe it will be successful, why we don't do the same? And uh, uh, so they created uh, this uh, uh, OPODO, which means opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, they uh, uh, created this company, but they realized that they were at the same time shareholders of Amadeus and, and all the European airlines around the table, they spent a ton of money to try to make it work. Uh, and, and it didn't happen. They, they spent, when we took over Opodo, I cannot tell you for how much, but not for a lot, and it was losing a ton of money. 
the shareholders of Amadeus came to us and said, look, why you don't take it over? You make it work. And uh, we took it over mid, uh, in the mid 2000. And we sold it when uh, it became very much profitable because it was not really according to the business plan and the, the core business of Amadeus. But we knew how to build systems. Uh, we knew how to put teams together, how to make it happen. But uh, just after the IPO of 2010, we disposed of it and we sold it very much, very well, because it was not really uh, the, the core business of Amadeus to own a distribution channel. How do you, how, how do you figure out what's your guys' core business and isn't, right? So you, you mentioned you guys diversified into airline IT and then into rail and hotels. And you could make a, um, you know argument that those aren't, quote unquote, your core business either. Um, obviously, you guys drew the line at direct-to-consumer. So how did you guys think about that? I mean, I, I don't think about it anymore because I don't take care of Amadeus anymore. But uh, the, way, <laughs> the, the, way, the, way, the way I see it, as I said, I mean, the end-to-consumer, that's why Amadeus sold Lopodo in 2011 or 2010 because uh, uh, it was really... Uh, I am a technology provider and you airlines are shareholders of Amadeus. You are stuck with this company losing money and you will never agree uh, together to make it a successful entity, which happened in the U.S. at the same time. Huh? Uh, they, they decided to disinvest as well. And then uh, we will fix it. We know how to rebuild the technology. And uh, as soon as it will make money, we will sell it. So again, uh, and that was at the same time that we changed the name of Amadeus from, uh, I think it was Amadeus Global Distribution, and it became Amadeus IT. So uh, definitely uh, Opodo was uh, an adventure which has been successful because Amadeus made uh, some significant money out of it. But as I said, nothing to do with the core business of Amadeus, more to help the airlines who are stuck with it and to sell it as soon as Amadeus could make money out of it. That, that was really the strategy. Just um, let's kind of bring you up to the, I guess, your current day job now, uh, Philippe. You know, we've been pressing you a lot on Amadeus. Um, uh, Amex GBT, I mean, you invest in companies, you've done some interesting partnerships. What, what is, you know, it's an, it's an enormous operation and globally known. I mean, what is your take on, how you identify companies to either invest in or um, mm -hmm. uh, acquire and things like that. What, do you, what are you looking for? For Maybe so, this, is, yeah. this is your opportunity for budding yeah. startups that are tuning in now. So what, is, what does an organization like yours look yeah. for? It's a good question. Uh, first, when, when, when I took over Amex GBT, uh, that Amex, you know, Amex was foolish uh, owner of the travel area. And they decided to spin off, and now they are shareholders of 50%. And financial investors brought a check of 900 million that they left in the company. So I don't want to say I, I got my new startup in, in 2014, but <laughs> I got a startup with a 30 billion of TTV, 12,000 people, and 900 million of cash. So I'm sure a lot of startups will love that. Uh, but uh, the, there was a plan which we have been executing in, in, in three levels. The first one, uh, the, tra the business travel is not offline anymore. Everything is moving online. 
and but the offline support is still very important as you want online that's why the obt that's why we bought kds that's why we bought an expense management with kds but you want a global platform so you want that we answer to you anywhere everywhere at any time that's why we developed a global profile we developed a global script record so we did build a platform on top of the content providers to solve three subjects the one is the global service second is the the, the global access to data concerning the corporations and our travelers and third is to have a full content to solve the content fragmentation so we have developed what we call a supply management platform and uh, uh, we are if there is some content out of the gds we are connected to mozio for ground transportation we have the content of booking.com or expedia hotel because there is not there is a fragmentation of the hotel content and if one day there is a content air content going out of the gds like the low cost carriers we are getting it to our supply management platform but this is multi channel so if you make a booking through uh, an online booking tool through Conquer connecting to the SMP or to KDS and you call GBT, you don't call booking.com. We take care of servicing the booking in booking.com. So we did invest internally on this. I don't want to call it a mini GDS because we don't take care of content, but on top of the content providers, we want to become content agnostic. Okay. Then, then we identify, as your question, the companies to buy and help us to do that. The reason we bought KDS two years ago is because we said, if you want to be a significant player in the content fragmentation on the, on the digital, we need to buy. I mean, I would not buy, I would not have bought Conquer for which uh, SAP paid eight billion. So we had to decide which one we'd like to buy and, and what are the people. Uh, will help us to to evolve this digital strategy and we bought KDS, okay? The second thing is that we have made significant investments in in, in to expand our footprint. So we bought Hawk Robinson, uh, as you know, and the reason we bought Hawk Robinson is not because we wanted to buy a competitor, it's because they were strong in UK, Germany, Canada, where we were less strong. Yesterday, we announced that we bought a DER business because we want to be a significant player in the middle market in Germany. So we, are, we made a partnership with Lola, as you know, uh, with Paul English, the founder of Kayak, because we believe that uh, even a KDS or a Conquer is not uh, agile technology and digital technology good enough for the, the low end of the market, the slightly managed uh, uh, business. So. We will continue to buy either uh, travel agents to expand our footprint or to buy technology partly or, or, or completely, uh, depending how it uh, fits in our, uh, in, 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 in the infrastructure of the way to answer the, the, the business we are in. So I just have a comment maybe you want to expand on and then Kevin can wrap it up. But it almost seems like you're doing the same thing that you did at Amadeus, where Amadeus started distribution and went into airline IT and kind of getting more and more um, <clears throat> deeper into the supply. 
And, you know, TMCs obviously were traditionally a service layer, uh, mostly built on top of other people's technology like Concur. Um, and I feel like you guys are the first TMC to realize um, that you need to go deeper in the tech layer. And others have definitely dabbled. Uh, you know, what you didn't mention is that KDS actually was invested in by Carlson Wagonlet, as was Mozio, and you ended up buying KDS and, you know, partner with us. Um, so is that a fair characterization that, like... You no, probably- you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in French, I would say that I'm trying to transform MXGBT as a, as a service company in a solution delivery company. And you are right that if you look at Amadeus, they deliver solutions to hotel airlines, etc. And I do believe that as a TMC, we need to deliver solutions to corporations. That's why uh, uh, we are completely... I mean, my goal is to integrate our solutions in the ecosystem of the corporation. So we are, in, we are interconnecting with their financial system with expense. We are inter- integrating with their HR system because we, they don't want to have to update their profiles and their traveler data several times. So you are fully right that the booking, the booking piece is the easier piece to do. The, 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 the solution piece when... I can take a small example. Uh, not we don't have much time left, but something unique we just developed that the, that our customers love is we call it proactive traveler care. So, because you have developed a global trip record, because you don't you cannot depend completely on the PNR of a GDS because you don't have everything in the GDS. Then we have an AI. We have some robots who are looking at. Every time we get an event from an airline or an event from a city or we see that there will be some impact on the trip, we have immediately warnings of the travelers which could be impacted. And instead of waiting for them to be captive of the airline at the airport, we call them ahead of time. We send them an email saying, we know your trip will be changed in three three hours from now. Do you want us to call you? Okay. That, That sounds obvious. But it's a big change in the way you manage a traveler because before the corporations that have been fighting on the cost of a service fee, they have been, uh, the decision was the hand of a travel manager. Now the, the, the HR people, the finance people, uh, the, the IT people, that the people we are talking to because we deliver solutions. We help them to optimize uh, the, the, their cost and the, how to t- and the travelers. I mean, the cost of having travelers stuck somewhere or wasting time has never been integrated and is being integrated now. So you're right. I mean, I'm trying to, to change it to solutions delivery when before uh, a travel agent was more booking and answering the phone. And, and the one will only book and answer the phone I don't see a bright future for them. Okay, so Philip, um, uh, last question. It's a very, very quick one. Uh, that goal that you were talking about um, and, and referencing during that answer, on a scale of one to ten, how close are you to number ten being complete? Do you think? Just finish, finish us off here. 
we are we are at the understanding of what you have to do we are at nine but the build you are at 5.5 okay that's great right and thank you ever so much uh philippe Shrek, for joining us on uh, uh, how i got here this uh, regular podcast from uh, mozio and focus why i'm uh, kevin may and uh, my co-host was uh, david litwack um again philippe thank you ever so much thank and, you. and uh, we hope uh, those tuning in We'll tune in again for another one of our podcasts. Uh, we'll see you okay. next time. Thanks ever so much, everyone. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the How I Got Here podcast. We'll be back next week with more inside stories behind startups and innovation in travel and transportation. Check mozio.com slash move for a complete write-up of the highlights of every podcast with translations into five languages. And get your daily dose of news on the digital travel economy by subscribing to the newsletter at focuswire.com. See you next week.